0: So I'm excited. Here we are and uh, we started two weeks ago uh, ending the year with this message series called First Things First. And really what it is is geared about us trying to, um, you know, sometimes you need a do-over. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need a, we need a restart. Sometimes we need a, 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 fresh, a fresh fire back in us or a you know, we, we, we need that moment where we can say, you know what, we can put everything behind and let's move forward, you know. And I don't know about you guys, but man, 2017 was a great year. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. Some of it. <laughs> some of it we could have done without, you know. But I'm more, more excited about what God has in store for us. I'm more excited about what God's got in store for you in your personal life. Think about that for a second. I'm going to talk about you for a minute, not the church. I want to see God just overflow blessing into your life. Now, look, I'm not preaching a prosperity message, so nobody go start thinking that. All right. But I also believe that God wants us to prosper. All right. I think God wants good for us in our lives. And I'm I'm just super excited because I know that what we're about to do and what we're involved in right now with our fasting, um, you know, putting aside, sacrificing, stepping further into God, putting things that we may normally be involved in throughout our days, putting that aside and saying, God, I want to be more involved in you right now. I believe that God's going to see that and it's just, you know what, some things are going to happen spiritually in your life. I believe some things are going to happen physically in your life. I believe some things are going to happen relationally in your life. I believe what God has got in store is going to be so huge that when you look back, On 2018, when you're in 2019, you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe that God did all of that. I'm going to get right into the message this morning. And uh, here's a quote. Uh, Aristotle said this, we are what we repeatedly do. Think about that question or that statement. We are what we repeatedly do. We form habits and then our habits form us. Sometimes that can be good. Other times that can be bad. Most people have this. We have uphill hopes, but we have downhill habits. Hope is a motivator. Hope is good. Hope is a motivator for us, but hope is not a sustainer. Hope gets you started, but hope doesn't send you to the destination. You know, all of us in this room, we are hoping for different things and Hope is throughout Scripture, and there's nothing wrong with hope because hope is motivation in your life. It's like for me saying, you know, I hope that we as a church grow in 2018. I can hope all I want, but if I put nothing to the hope, nothing to work toward it, then my hope really means there's, it's worthless. So hope Is very important for us to understand, but what's very most important is that you will never get to the destination that you're hoping for. You will never get to the place where that you think God wants you to get to unless you put some work involved in it. Now, I love that quote that we are what we repeatedly do. Think about that in your own life for a minute. What are the things that you are repeatedly involved in? What are the things that are you are repeatedly involved in that are great? I'm hoping prayer. I'm hoping God's word is some of those habits or those disciplines that you are repeatedly involved in. But then when we start to maybe think about, okay, what are some of the things that maybe I'm repeatedly involved in that are not. How, how do I say it without being just flat out rude about it, but <laughs> that are not putting me together the way God would want me to be put together. How's that? What are some of those things that I'm involved in that are, are not what God's will is for my life? Those environments that I'm placing myself into that are causing me to trip up. I'm going to get into that in just a few moments. And I'm going to add a little something to that here as we get into the message. But what are some of those things that we are repeatedly doing that are defining who you are that you're not proud of? That may have cause their reputation or a stigma to be attached to your name or when people think of you. We don't like to talk about that, do we? We want, pastor, come on now. Think about it. These are real life issues. These are real life situations. What we need are some habits or things that we are going to do that will bring change into our lives. Change. And I'm not talking about just the the, the typical change of as in, well, today I'm going to make a decision that I am not going to smoke anymore and I am going to solely stop smoking. I'm just throwing that out there, okay? And that's great. You're going to make a change in doing that. But I've learned one thing. If God's not involved in the changing process, the change doesn't last very long, does it? A lot of us will take on, you know what, I, you know, I I don't like the habits that I've formed in my everyday life, and I'm going to bring a change to these habits, so I'm going to do the exact opposite of what I'm not liking. And, you know, that happens, and that works for a series of time, doesn't it? A season of time. that does. For a season of time, when you decide to make a change, that's going to happen if you put your effort into it. But unless God is involved in it, Unless you challenge yourself in saying, God, change me in my heart first before anything outwardly can be changed. Well, that change can only happen for a season. I want things in my life and I want things in your life that continually and constantly point you to God. Anything worth in your life, you have to work Toward it. Think about that. Anything of worth in your life you have to work toward. Now, let me, let, me, let me throw this out here at you. My beautiful wife. All right. She's amazing. I met her October the 13th. Two th- this is awesome stuff, guys. I'm getting some serious brownie points here. <laughs> I met her October the 13th, 2007. All right. I'll never forget it. I was at a party at some people down here, Donnie Burch's house. I met her, saw her, only saw her for a split second. She was picking up her son, Kyle. She was picking him up and leaving. And I looked and I was like, Donald, who is that? And he was, you know, Donald, right? (laughs) Got you. I got you, man. All right. And I was like, okay, you know. And but but listen to this, right? My beautiful wife, I love her more than anything. All right. Even the Orioles. Yes. All right. But, but listen, I had to work at getting her to, to even acknowledge me. All right. There's a process. Anything that's of value in your life, you have to work for it in order to get it. Now, if, if I would have just been like, God, that's who I want to marry, make it happen. Not say that God couldn't do it, because God can do anything. Don't, under, don't, don't underestimate God. But if I didn't put that first front, you know, foot forward and, 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 and approach her, say, you know, I, I think the next time I saw her was at a football game at, uh, here on Shinkatig, and, and she was standing there next to her mom, of all people. And I was like, hey, you know, I was like some years It's kind of awkward. I don't know why I'm even telling you this. Can I get your phone number? You know, and yeah, okay. So she gives it to me. And then I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? You know, it it got kind of weird. It's getting weird now. I got to stop. All right. But, But guys, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there, you know. If you haven't been, I pray that you will be there sometime. All right. When the right one comes around. But anything that's of value in your life, you've got to work toward it in order to attain it. Well, we have this mentality that we just think we, everything belongs to us. If I want it, God, just give it to me. If you don't give it to me, then where are you and you're not real? And let's find something else to, 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 to put our time and efforts into. I want in your life for God to show up so big and to be so valuable to you that nothing could ever steal your attention away from him. Nothing could ever steal your love away from him. Nothing could ever steal the intentions that God has for you in your life that you would get to the point where it's not significant to you. I want you to be so infatuated with this God and with this Jesus Christ that your entire world and that your entire universe circles nothing but only around him. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Fix your attention on God. I'm going to stop there. That's a key. That's a key phrase in the scripture. Fix your attention on God. Now, look, there's a lot of things that, you, you know, somebody could come up and talk to me and my mind could be on something else. And I might look at that person and they might have a conversation, but my mind might be over here dealing with a situation that I know that I'm about to deal with or that I've already dealt with. So my attention is not faced upon that person. My look is, but then my attention is faced over into another situation. There's a difference between giving God the moment and giving God your attention. I want us to focus right now for the next few moments on we're going to control our thoughts, our thought life into the aspect of and into the situation of God, my attention I need to give my attention all to you. My attention needs to be focused upon you. Watch this. It says, fix your attention on God. That's very instrumental. That's very key. But why? Why? Why do we fix our attention on God? Why is it so important for us? Here it is. You'll be changed from the inside out. Who knows that change, if it doesn't happen inwardly, it never sustains and becomes a value outwardly. Amen, Pastor Kevin amen Pastor Kevin that's a good point there if the change never happens inwardly it's never gonna have substance outwardly in your life you're only gonna go through the seasons and I'm so tired of seasoned Christianity aren't you amen. Yeah. aren't you just sick and tired of people just going through the motions I don't want the motions aren't you sick and tired of yourself going through the motions Pastor Kevin, aren't you sick and tired of going through the motion? I don't want the motion. I want change from the inside out. The scripture says, if I fix my attention on God, what happens? You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you. Wow. That is so cool right there. That means if, I'm, if my attention is focused on God, he's going to bring change inwardly in me, and then it's going to be so easy for me to what? Recognize what he wants from me. It goes on to say, and, and uh, quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, now here, here we have a, a difference here. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, and he develops well-formed maturity in you. This needs to be a life Scripture, okay? This needs to be one of those scriptures for the next week. I'm going to challenge you to read every single day, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. See, we're starting today our 21-day fast. We're fixing our attention onto God. So the guy can, what, readily bring change into my life so I can recognize what he wants and I can quickly respond what I starve will die, but whatever I feed will thrive. What are the things that you're feeding in your life? What are the things are you starving in your life? If we're not giving attention to God, then we're starving it and we're not feeding it. And then we wonder why we, are, we seem to be falling away spiritually and relationally when it comes to our relationships with Jesus Christ. Because we're not feeding it. We're starving it, but then we'll recognize quickly how much we're feeding things that really just don't matter. And they're taking precedence over God. So this fasting that we're into, we're starving the desires of the flesh and feeding ourselves through prayer, and through the scriptures. Last week we looked at spiritual disciplines that are essential. Or last week, that was two weeks ago now. Excuse me, my notes are a little bit backward there. Spiritual existence and growth. But today I want us to look at disciplines that I feel will change our lives, and that is this, controlling my thoughts. Controlling my thoughts, my thinking. Do you know your thoughts are incredibly powerful? The Bible says much about it. Much of your life will be marked by how well You can do this discipline in controlling your thought. You know, I will never change my life until I can change the way I think. Life change isn't in the doing, but first, life change happens within the thinking. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 verse 2 says this, Wise thinking leads to right living. I love this part. This is from the message versions. It breaks it down a little bit different for us. But I love the verbiage here. Stupid thinking. I overly emphasize that. Leads to what? Wrong living. Wrong living. Hmm. We're going to take a look at a couple teachings this morning. And the first one we're going to look at is this. Everything begins with a thought. Understand that. Everything in your life begins with a thought. I've heard people say, well, I did that without thinking. No, you you not thinking was a thought. Think about that. The things that you are doing well and the things that you are not doing well are fueled by your thoughts. We must be very careful with our minds. Extremely. Two weeks ago, we talked about what is one of the, the some of the firsts that we need to do. First of the day. Matthew 6 tells us to what? Seek first the kingdom of heaven. So what, I hope that you've been in the last two weeks since that message have been doing this, but the first of my day is going to consist of getting in with God. The first of my day through prayer and through reading before anything else happens, God, anything else of significance anyway, let me say it that way. I'm going to get into your word first. I'm going to get in with you. We talked about, you know, uh, The first of our fruits, our tithe, needs to go to God. We talked about all of that. But, you know, I thought to myself as I was kind of going through this a little bit. And I said, what is something that I could really challenge myself with that would really drive home this point here in understanding that everything begins with a thought? And it was this. For the next seven days... I want to challenge us as a church that's starting tomorrow morning. That means you get your fix out between now and the end of the end of I guess whenever you go to bed tonight. But for the next seven days, drop all social media. Think about that. Drop all social media for the next seven days. That might already be a part of your fast. And if it is great, you're going to do it for 21. Okay. But for seven days, drop all social media. Somebody this past week had talked to me and, and we were briefly talking about this 21 day fast and they mentioned social media to me. And, and, and they actually said, you know, I've, I've realized something that I, I probably spend a, an hour or two a day looking at social media, if not longer for others and less for others. But I noticed what you get caught up in and it's so quick. Watch, you know, it's so some of you have already done it while I've been speaking. All right. You've done it while you've been in service. Oh, what's 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 happening on Snapchat right now? You know, Uh, what's going on on Facebook, Instagram, a selfie. I'm at church for the year, you know, things like that. Right. And we get caught up in it. It's so easy. But, you know, I started thinking, well, you know, if I'm spending an hour a day on social media for a week, that's seven hours. That's almost a normal work day that I've completely gave to nothing. Absolutely nothing. Most of it's garbage and trash. You can't even watch a video anymore on there without it being bleeped out or or a bad word somewhere. You know? And and why? What am I getting from it? Nothing. So I thought this. You know what, God? Every time I think that I want to go to Facebook or Instagram or my wife has started me on Snapchat this week. (laughs) Do you like that? I even said it while she was here. I'm going to go to the Bible app and see what the verse of the day is. I'm going to just randomly pick a book and see what's happening in the scriptures in this moment, rather than what's happening in Dale's life, whoever Dale is. Think about it. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of heaven. Revelations, or excuse me, Romans don't copy the behaviors, which is a different version. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Think. Next point we're going to look at here is what we think determines how we feel. I've noticed this for me, with me before. You wake up in a great mood. It seems like your day goes well, doesn't it? You wake up and you're just in a really bad mood. It seems like everything follows right behind it. A lot happens within our thoughts. What we think determines how we feel. Watch this. Many times we're blaming that on everyone else, the way we feel. But that's not necessarily the truth. You control your emotion and your thoughts. We must understand that we need to have a, what we call a filter on our minds. Um, Philippians chapter 4 Verses 8 through 9 says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace will be what? With you. Think about these things. Understanding this, what we think will determine how we feel. So if the first of your day is you checking your Facebook account and you going through it, and I don't know about you, but I see enough negativity and garbage and junk on there that it can really start my day off in a really bad fashion. If I can learn to push that thing aside for the next seven days, let's see what God can do within our minds. Our thinking. Let's see how this can change. So understand this, you're not going to get any verse of the days from the church. That concludes the church here. We will not be on our Facebook account. You'll not get any notifications of anything from the church. Even your text in church will have nothing coming to you, okay? So you, there's your warning. Now watch this. The next teaching we can get through the scriptures is this. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle and you will reap your destiny. Thoughts begin your destiny. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 6 says this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. I'm just going to pause and let that sink in for a second. Let's let ya yeah, you know, I'm going to repeat that. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But don't you love when the, when the scripture has a bud in there? But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit. what? Think about the things that please the spirit. Let that resonate in you for a moment. Let that scripture impact your life. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that, what? Please the Spirit. God, you know what? Allow your Holy Spirit to lead us, to direct us, to guide us. Father, we want to be a church. We want to be a people who are completely controlled by your Holy Spirit. Not by my own selfish endeavors or selfish wants or desires. But Lord, let me be completely controlled by you. So here's five ways for practical good thinking. Number one, find a plan to control my thoughts. Find a plan to control my thoughts. What is that? Read your Bible. Read it. When you read the Bible, it will change how you think. Watch how it will take the negative and replace it with how God sees you. The book is, is full of breath. This book has a heartbeat. It's powerful. This book is living. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says this, For the word of God is living and active. In other words, it's not just a book of history. It's not a dead scroll. It's not. No, it's a book. What? It's living and it is active. Who would not want God's word to be imparted into their lives. Every person who desires to serve for Jesus Christ should have that yearning and that that deep want of more of his word for him to be active. It says it is sharper than any double-edged sword that it can penetrate even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Secondly, we need to Find a place to think our thoughts, or my thoughts. In other words, at some place within your day, the world's volume must be, what, turned down. You need to find a place where God can speak to you. Holding and having that daily conversation with God. God isn't looking for formality. He's just looking for the relationship. I told you, I met my wife October the 13th, 2007. And the first step was having a conversation. Having a conversation. I had to work at that. Believe me, I had to work at this. All right. I had to work anything of value. You have to what? Got to work for it. Is God valuable in your life? Do you see value in God? Then work for it. Go after it. Start out with the conversation. And watch this, sometimes you have to shut your mouth and let him talk back. Amen. 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 Sometimes you have to sit back and say, God, you know what, just speak to me. Speak to my spirit right now. Isaiah 26 and 3 says this, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Colossians 3 and 2 says this, and this one speaks to me heavily because we just finished a series on Wednesday nights on heaven. It says, think about the things of heaven and not the things of what? Earth. And I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait to be in and, 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 and that glorious place. I can't wait to see what God has in store for us. You know, Scripture just gives a small glimpse of it, but Wow. Spend more time thinking on the things of heaven and the things, uh, less time on the things of Earth. Number three, watch this: find a person to stretch my thoughts. We must involve God's people in our lives. You're going to be hearing more and more about life groups as, they, as they're unfolding and, and quickly approaching us. But that's a great place where you can allow others to be involved in your Christian walk, building relationship with like-minded believers. I don't like, I don't know about you, but I don't like being in an environment that is vile. We need to be careful with the negativity that we surround ourselves in. But watch this. If we're constantly finding ourselves to be placed in environments that are questionable and that cause us to trip up and fall, the problem didn't just so happen that you ended up being in that environment. Chances are you chose to continue to allow yourself To continually be placed in those environments which cause you to trip up and fall. So ultimately, the problem isn't the environment that you are in. The problem is your heart. I lost some of you there. I'm going to follow back up on this real quick. We constantly sometimes find ourselves placed into environments that cause us to trip up and sin. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it's out of your control because it might be within a workplace. But outside of your workplace, sometimes those environments are there and you allow yourself to be involved in them. But yet then you find yourself tripping up in it and you want to blame, well, it's because of the environment that I'm in. But I have to tell you, it's not the environment that you're in that's causing you to trip up. It's you deciding whether or not you're going to place yourself into such an environment that is causing you to slip up. So the problem is your decision making, not those who are around you. Does that make sense? I had a conversation with an individual this week and there was a potential to be placed into an environment that was going to be very sticky. The individual said instead of allowing myself to be placed in the environment, I took myself away from the environment so that I didn't have to be placed in the environment that could cause me to have a sticky situation. Does that make sense? I love the way Paul says it. He says it this way. Flee, run, get out, move away, get away from it. Doesn't say gently walk, does he? He says he runs from the thoughts. He runs from that sin, That those things that were tripping him up. Hebrews Chapter 10, verses 24 through 25 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I love that. It didn't say think of ways to backstab one another and to get revenge and even, did it? It says ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let me find my spot. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Next thing is this find a purpose to land my thoughts. The healthiest thought excuse me, the healthiest thoughts you, you can have in your life, the healthiest thoughts you could ever have in the sense of. What am I supposed to do with my life? And why was I placed here? Why was I created? What is the meaning of me is this. My thoughts need to be placed inside God's purpose for me. In other words, I want my thoughts to be centered around what God's will is for my life. We understand that the scriptures, I uh, believe it's in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 3, it says that the will of God for us, is to be holy. But the word holy there is defined as being what? Different. Different. Now, I, I seem to always bring this into a message or two in a series, but understand this. I don't want the church being similar to society in the world, but I want it to be different. Does that make sense? I want people to see a difference within us so that instead of them looking at us as sin. I want them to look at us as individuals who are directly connected to God. And so therefore, they want to be around that positive environment. They want to be around that life-giving environment. Why is it life-giving? Because the word of God is what? Active and it's living. And if I'm allowing this active and living word into my life, then this active and living word it's going to be demonstrated through my life and it's going to impact everyone, not just some people, but it's going to impact everyone that I come in contact with. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. I'm going to add this here just a little bit in like a parenthesis. Understanding this, you're better than that. As a believer, you are better than that. But do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind or your thoughts. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. What's God's will? It is good, pleasing, and His perfect will for you. You will not be able to experience his good and pleasing will for your life if you first do not what? Transform your mind. In other words, this I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like knowing that you are in the plan of God. Nothing like knowing. Some of you have experienced that in your life. I'm experiencing it in my life, knowing that I'm in the plan of God. It doesn't mean everything goes perfectly, because it doesn't, believe me. But knowing when you're in the will of God in your life, and when you're in the plan of God, there's nothing like it. Nothing like knowing that God is, this is what God has designed me to do, and we're moving forward in that. My challenge to you today is understanding, renewing those thoughts and saying, God, get me into that spot. Get me into that place where I'm in that purpose. I'm fulfilling that purpose and that plan that you have for me. Number five, last one is this. Find a power to fuel my thoughts. Watch this. When God speaks to you, he's going to tell you something that is too big for you to do. And you need to understand that you need Him to help you pull it off. A lot of times people say, Oh, that's just too big, that's insignificant. Surely God's not speaking to me because He knows my abilities and talents that I have, and it doesn't match up with that, so therefore, you know, I can't, I can't do that. No, listen, God's going to challenge us and place us in situations That what he's wanting us to do, the purpose, the plan, the desire that he has for our lives may seem so big and so impossible to our minds. But you need to know this. It is. It's impossible for you to fulfill what God's plan and purpose is for your life. You absolutely cannot do it. Except when you have him involved. I can do what? All things through Christ. Wow. I can do all things. That means, God, with your help, you can help transform my mind, renew my mind, and control my thoughts. Because, as the quote said, you are what you repeatedly do. So, what are you repeatedly doing? Or, how about this? What are you repeatedly not doing? I want you to stand with me this morning. <clears throat> this is why that we have his Holy Spirit walking with us daily. We must understand that we have to open our lives <clears throat> to the power of this Holy Spirit. I love the scriptures in Isaiah. Isaiah 55, 9 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, God speaking, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Now to him he was able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or what? Think. According to the power that works in us. What is that power? That power is God. That power is His Holy Spirit. You know, you could leave here today and you could say, I was motivated by that message, Pastor Kevin, and today... I'm going to be more attentive to my thoughts and I'm going to change my thoughts. And that's great. Congratulations. I hope it works out for you, but I'm going to tell you this. It's going to fail. You're not going to do it. You can't. You cannot do it on your own. You must say, you know what? God, that message has motivated me this morning. I want my thoughts to be controlled. So before I know that could ever happen, Lord, something needs to happen inwardly first. Something very important. Lord, I need to be changed, as that Scripture in Romans said, from the inside before anything can ever be be displayed on the outside. So today, my challenge to you is this. If you understand this message and you understand that your thoughts, you are repeatedly Or you are what you do repeatedly. That who you are today is because of your thoughts of yesterday and the day before that. If you understand that and and you want your life to line more up with the purpose and the plan and the will that God has for you. Then you need to make that decision today saying, Lord, help me control my thoughts. But Lord, I can only do that if first I allow you to do something inwardly first. Before it can outwardly ever be displayed and shown and you know what today you might stand here and you may not know who Jesus Christ is you know we participated in a communion this morning and, and you heard a message of how God can transform your life but the the greatest transformation that could ever happen is through salvation Jesus, forgive me my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord over my life. Be the king. Be all that you want to be in my life, Lord. And maybe today you don't have that relationship. This morning I challenge you and I say, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day where everything can be made different. Today's the day that you can have that relationship. So, I'm going to say, say this prayer right quick and then we're going to continue in this service, but let's pray for a moment. Father, we love you. And as the people are standing here, and God, they have heard your word, I'm I'm praying, Lord, that they've been challenged, and that right now they're examining themselves, examining their thoughts, thinking back on what they have thought in the past. Our prayer today, Lord, is that they want to change moving forward. Maybe they've struggled within their thoughts, and they recognize this today, God. And they want to have thoughts of purity and not impurity. Lord, they want to have thoughts of, of peace and cleanliness. and Thoughts, Lord, that line up with your word and thoughts, God, that line up with your purpose and plan for their lives. So, my prayer today, Lord, is that these people will first allow you, God, to do something inwardly. Deal with their heart, Lord. Because over everything else, it's more of a heart issue than anything. Our hearts need to be softened, no longer hardened. Our hearts no longer need to be corrupt and dirty and filth, but need to be cleansed. So today, my prayer is that these individuals will give that opportunity for you to do just that in their lives. Also, Lord, if there's anybody here today who does not know you, as their Lord and Savior, my prayer is that before they leave here today, they make that commitment with you. So, Father, as we move forward in this service, in this few last few moments that we're going to have together this morning, allow your Holy Spirit to sweep through this place. Speak to every mind and heart, every person in here, and challenge them, Lord, how you see fit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to ask you this, as we are now at the beginning of our 21-day fast, and you just heard a message on a spiritual discipline, a discipline that I think you need in your life and controlling your thoughts. If that's you today, and you you could say, you know what? I need God. I need you to help me with these thoughts. I need this to change inwardly. I'm challenging you to step out where you're at and to come up to the front here in a time of prayer. But also... Today's the start of our 21-day fast. The fast should not be easy. It should be challenging. It should stretch you. And you need to spend that time in prayer because that's the only way you'll get through it. That's the only way you'll stay true to it. So I'm inviting those who are involved in that to step forward and to come up here and to pray about that. Pray about your fast. Pray about your church. Pray about what you want to see God do in your life. So these altars are open to you this morning and I think we're going to have something to sing as people are up and praying. But don't allow this moment to go waste. Take advantage of this moment right now. God, speak to me. God, change me. God, this is a hard issue. God, soften my heart again. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Help my thoughts, Lord, to be lined up with your scriptures and your word, Lord. Help the first of my day, Lord, to be lined up with, you know what? I'm going to get into prayer and allow you to be the first of my day, not the last, not the middle, not even forgotten about, but to be involved.